Hello, everyone. Welcome to Impact Over Image. Uh, today's episode, I'm super excited. I am very, very excited to have this Renaissance man. That's what I call him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he sure is. Uh, this is Stefani Akoki. He's such a, a great friend of mine. And uh, we've interacted over the years. We've known each other for more than seven years, cumulatively speaking. And uh, the funny part is, like, I'm losing hair. He's gaining hair. So I don't know what's going on with him. With, with me, you know, I need to to get the the secret recipe, you know, what he what he uses for his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan, you need to share the secret, man. Take a lot of naps. <laughs> a lot of naps. A lot Relax. of naps. Life is good. Relax. Life is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Well, just a little bit of a background about Stefan, you know, for all my viewers. This man, you know, it may sound like I'm joking, but for me, he's one of the people that I really look up to. You know, he's been very, very instrumental in the community. Not only that, even for me as well, he's been one of the people that if I feel like I'm kind of hung up on something, I reach out to Steph. I'm like, Stefan, you know, this is what's going on. How can I navigate this? Um, so I am going to give a little bit of a background about Stefan uh, for the viewers so that you can kind of get to know him a little bit better. So Stefan is actually is in technology as well. He's a social entrepreneur. He's very passionate about building high impact solutions. And by that, I mean the impact solutions will be spoken about, you know, as we proceed on. He was born in Cote d'Ivoire. Uh, he spent two years in Ghana for a religious service. But here's the interesting piece, and I will really get into it a little bit more. He also lived in China, and now he lives in the United States. But the beauty about it is like Stefan also is an entrepreneur. He works for Lucid, uh, which is a great company that builds uh, great solutions as well. But the thing that I enjoy the most about Stefan in my own view, he has some sort of like a B Corp company, and we'll discuss it, we'll dive deeper a little bit about that. Like he has a company that really helps a lot of people find employment uh, in places where sometimes, you know, gaps are there, but he bridges that gap by employing a lot of people and giving them, you know, the way out so that they can sustain their lives. And um, with that said now, Stefan, that was my intro. You know, but in your own words, Stefan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Stefan? <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Uh, thanks so much for that, for having me here. Uh, that was a that was a wonderful intro. I don't know if I can add much to it, uh, <laughs> but but in summary, um, like you said, from from Ivory Coast, uh, Cote d'Ivoire, for our, for our French speaker. Been living in the, in the U.S. for about nine years. I've been abroad for about ten. Um, had a bit of a journey around the world, and now here enjoying technology and many other things um, that I'm passionate about: entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship. So, lots and lots of good topics we could talk about, and I'm really excited to be here. Just fantastic. Thank you, sir. Now, Stefan, what really prompted you to go to China? How? Tell us a little bit. But that uh, that shift, and yeah. when you were in China, what what took you there to begin with? 
Yeah, no, no, that's a good question. Uh, I, I like to say it's one of uh, my life's biggest accident, uh, but that turned out great. That turned out great. Um, so when I, when I, uh, let's say at the end of my religious service, uh, my country was going through some civil, civil unrest, and we had a bit of a civil war that was very unfortunate. Um, it's not in the past, and then Cote d'Ivoire is very much stable now. Um, but as a, as a side effect of the war, my university was severely damaged. So I, uh, I had no chance to be able to go back to college. Uh, and not being able to afford private university, um, we had to figure out a way for me to to go somewhere, and that would give me an opportunity to go to school. So, and one of my one of my friend then suggested China, and I was my first reaction was, well, well, no one goes there uh, for school. Why should I go to China? But uh, you know, after much investigation and looking at other options, you know, um, China seemed like a, a good option in terms of having getting a visa. Um, for a lot of us, uh, if you're from Africa, you, you're familiar with the struggle to be able to go abroad. Um, so lots of opportunities that I've tried but were turned down, and China ha happened to be one of the countries that was offering visas to, to, to African students. So I, I took on the opportunity um, to go and study study computer science there. Um, the reality of it was very different, and I'm not sure if you want me to go into what happened over there, but that, that was the, the initial plan was go to, go to China, learn computer science, and either stay there to work or come back and try to contribute to my country. That was kind of the plan. Fantastic. So what are some of the things that you picked up? Was uh, I know you speak Chinese. Mm -hmm. And right. how was that like for you, someone coming from a French-speaking country, uh, learning Chinese? And now in the United States, also speaking English as well. So you are a trilingualist, you know, you can speak three different languages fluently. Uh -huh. And tell me a little bit about the Chinese experience, because I assume that the, uh, the method of learning was not in English there. Was that a learning curve for you? Was it easy for you to navigate the, you know, the environment that you are not used to? No, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, and b before I get into that, let me tell you a little bit, a little funny story about, about languages. Um, so when I was about 12 or 13, out of middle school, uh, the school called my dad and, and they, they said, well, we're very confused by your son. He's very good at everything, most subjects he does, but for some reason, he wouldn't go to English classes. Um, so I failed almost all my English classes in middle school and, and, and high school. And so my dad came to me and he's like, what, what's, you, what's with you in English? Why, why don't you just go to class? And I said, well, look, dad, I'm never planning to leave the country. I'm never planning to make a friend that speak, speaks English. And if they, if they want to talk to me, they should learn French. So if that, because that's not my plan, there's no point of me learning English. So I was so confident in my future um, of uh, that I thought, why should I learn English? Uh, well, life taught me otherwise. So that's perhaps a lesson I was, I was going to share, um, which is never passing an opportunity to learn. I did pass on English and then went for my religious service in Ghana. And obviously, English is a, is a spoken language there. So I, I learned firsthand that oh, I was like, oops, on my first day. Like, I cannot understand anybody that speaks to me. I can't talk. And I was very frustrated. And I was like, oh, man, I wish I, I, wish I took the chance to learn properly, properly when I was in school. So... When I went to China, I was like, well, I had the same dilemma. Well, now I have to learn a new language. Um, and will I take on that opportunity? But then it didn't make sense because in reality, I was going to learn um, to, to do computer science, but in an English program. So it turned out the whole program was a scam. So the English program didn't exist. 
Um, so I had to, to be able to stay in China, I had to study Mandarin. So it was never really a plan of mine to go study Mandarin. But when I was confronted with that opportunity, I remember what, what happened in English. I was like, well, I don't think I will, you know, need Mandarin in my life. But I said the same thing about English. So <laughs> maybe I should I should take that seriously, and um, which which I did. Uh, and it opened a lot of doors, and I'll, I'll talk about it a bit a bit later. But in terms of the, the learning curve, back to your original question, it was very difficult, very, very difficult. I, I mean, I landed in Guangzhou, southern China, and first time I heard the, that language, and I my first thought was, there's no way I'll be able to speak this. It is so complex. Those sounds so sound so difficult and all that kind of thing. But um, so it was it was hard. Um, and one of the one of the first lessons I learned about uh, as in that process of learning the language was um, the importance of um, uh, humility. Um, and hum I would say humility as a child. So that's my first lesson of learning a language. You have to. Be as humble as a child because you become in a, in, a, in a way a child. You cannot communicate your emotions. You can't understand what others are saying, but you're frustrated, but you can't say it in the language that they understand. And that was my time in China. And once I told myself, okay, I will act like a child. And I did it in many ways. I started watching little cartoons, um, you know, looked at like children, children books and all that kind of thing and started from there. And from that point, there was a turning point. Once I, I accepted that I knew nothing, because I, I thought, you know, I learned Spanish in school, you know, with English and French. I thought, well, uh, what can Mandarin be? How hard can it be? I already have three languages that I've learned. But I realized I was, uh, it was hard for me because I was not going about it the, the way of humility. Uh, but once I told myself I know nothing, um, then suddenly it started to click and I could learn and I could grow. That is so fantastic. Uh, I really love that story, uh, Stefan. But, you know, you bring up a very good point here, mentioning that you really need to know your gaps in life, right? And because I feel like if you do not know what your gaps are, you may be actually just going through life aimlessly. Mm -hmm. And also, you may also not know what you need to improve on. Mm -hmm. And that is such a, a great attribute uh, to have to say, I need to humble myself. And then in humility, that's when you can see where you are lacking. Mm -hmm. And then if you are humble enough as well, there are so many, many um, good things that come our way because people seek out to help those people that do not appear like they know everything, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you went to the fundamentals, you went to the basics to say, I'm going to be like a little child and then begin from there. Mm -hmm. And then now that's how you are able to build up the proficiency, you know, to be able to speak Mandarin. Mm -hmm. Now, with that said, you know, Stefan, how has been your journey be like, how, how did you use some of the hard times in your lives, like in your life in order for you to, you know, to succeed in other words, or to overcome some of the obstacles that we have presented your way? No, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I would say one of the first principles uh, that I keep in mind is uh, deepening your why. Um, wh wh why are you doing this? And I, I use that a lot in product management, and it drives my customers crazy sometimes. They, they always tell me about the what. Um, I, I want this feature. You know, I, I, I want this process. I want this system. And I said, that's great. But why? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's 
until they, you know, and you have to keep asking that question over and over again. You know, I like the, the, the word of, I, I hope I'm correct, Henry Ford. I said, if I were to ask people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. Um, but the deeper reason was they needed to move. They needed to travel. And hence the, the, the vehicle or the car that was enhancing that. But um, it doesn't come as obvious because the what is easy to communicate. The why is not as, as easy. Um, and why do I say that? I'm talking about knowing the why. Um, in those moments, you know, uh, of challenges, when you're not, when your why is not deep, when you're not sure why you're doing this thing, it's easy to quit. Very easy to quit. Um, and for me, I haven't, I haven't stopped. I haven't, I haven't quit it because I knew exactly why I was doing this thing. Um, and, you know, in several examples, for example, my first time, you know, coming from a religious service, I get home and two, after two years, university is gone. Two years, it's closed. It's for renovation or for rep, rep repairs. I was like, oh, man, like I could have said, well, bye-bye school. Why should I go to college? You know? The second time, try to get enrolled in a private college. And, you know, we missed the deadline because we didn't have money to pay for the tuition. Then I failed again. I was like, oh. The third time I get enrolled in the college, uh, finally, that was, you know, cheap enough and they have no computers. So I, I'm a, in a technical college trying to learn programming and no computers. I was like, oh man, again, fourth time I go to China trying to study computer science. Like, this is it. This is my time. This is my, this is it. And then I get there, the university's, the program doesn't exist. It's a scam. I'm like, oh boy. But, but why? Like that was like, at that point, I was like, I have all the reasons in the world to quit. <laughs> but why didn't I? Because I thought about my whys. And for me, it's two things. One, my family. Um, my family uh, and helping my family, getting my family in a better place was for me, you know, it was everything for me. And and whenever I try to quit, or I think about quitting. I remember my mother. I remember the sacrifices she made. And I remember my family. I said, well, for them, I have to keep moving. Um, being in a country where I didn't speak the language, I was homeless at some point. But I thought to myself, I can't quit because I remember those people that I left behind. So my family first and then my community. Those are the two things that kept me going. So before you embark in the journey of, you know, you're already in the journey of life, but in the journey of doing something, you know, whether it's investing, your career, your, you know, uh, a relationship, or all those kind of things, ask yourself why. Um, you know, folks who come to me and say, I want to invest I, like you. I want to do real estate. I want to buy houses and sell houses. Then I was like, that's great. You told me the what, but I want to understand the why. And I, I, I make it a point to people that I mentor. I will not mentor you until I understand the why, because if I don't understand the why, um, it will be hard for me to guide you. And even if I did, I, I promise you that you probably quit when you start getting hard because it is hard. Um, I, hope, I hope that answers your questions. That was fantastic. Thank you very much, Stefan. Then with that said, you know, you can have some people who struggle finding their whys. Mm -hmm. What are some of the pointers that you have that maybe they could use in order for them to find those whys? Because that's such a beautiful um, uh, statement that you made to say, when you know your why, it's easier to endure the hardships because you know your why it becomes like fuel that you use in order for you to continue on the path mm -hmm. but now let's say we go to the other side of the the equation mm -hmm. nobody they don't know their why mm -hmm. what are some of the tools that you feel like maybe they could use in order for them to refine their why and identify this is my why mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because I assume, Stefan, you do mention the why, but mm-hmm. I, assume, I assume even at the very young age, you probably at some point you didn't know your why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What helped you to get to know your why? No, that, that's a great question. Um, and, and I'll say it, it's a mix of life experience. You know, as you grow and as you mature, you start looking for things that matters the most to you. Uh, you know, as a child, if you were to ask me my why, I said, well, it's the evening cartoons. Like, yeah, correct. I, I will die to go watch that cartoon and I will do whatever it takes. You know, even if it's skipping English classes, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to go watch those cartoons. So I will say, yeah. you know, you want to you want to give yourself the patience to like you know mature and grow. So I wouldn't say you know it's an it's an automatic formula to be able to mm-hmm. get as you grow as you mature. Then you it's easier to identify that. Um, but what I would do when people come to me, like I said in the, in the investing in the investing example, I'll just right. looking at it. You know, uh, and so you you want to like say people say I want I want to retire early. Um, okay, that's a good goal, but Again, why? Uh, so, well, I, I like to spend time with my family. I like to, you know, I like to travel and, and all. Then, and I'll ask a question like, how does that make you feel? And, and so, and that, that emotion, and is that love? Is that excitement? And I think identifying the emotions that uh, you feel when you do certain things can help me, or at least me as a mentor, or can help someone identify uh, the things that they they, 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 they care the most about. Um, and also even watching them as they talk, you know, and it's also a good exercise, I, I would say, even to do with someone else because you may not be as aware of how your face lit up, you know, when you talk about the subject. And right, uh, right. for, you know, for me, I'm not a, I, 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 I program, for example, I'm not a program, but if you talk about programming, you won't see my face lit up because I'm like, eh, right, right. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you talk about like, you know, social entrepreneurship, you know, like helping people, building life. I'm like, yeah, let's do that. Let's help people. That makes me feel so good. And I think that that's an, that's a, I would say a, a guide you could use, you know, like, okay, you, you want money. Okay. For what? I like shopping. Okay. When you shop, how, how does that make you feel? Okay. It makes me feel okay. It makes me feel bad. Why? Well, I like it when people think I look good. I'll say, okay, is that really your why or is there is there really like what you mentioned having that why being sharpened life experiences and many different avenues and i also like the it's fascinating the way you say that uh how we can find our whys by some of the things we are passionate about you know for other people if it's shopping that's the one that lights them up you know for them to be excited and and now you did mention about Something that we talked about, mm-hmm. Stefan, one thing that why you are on impact over image, the reason why you've been elected, you know, to be able to come on this show mm-hmm. is actually what we are going to go to and discuss next. You actually briefly mentioned it. Mm-hmm. You are always excited about helping other people. Yes. And without said as well, you've actually created a company you know, that really does that for, for people. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? And then we'll go over also as well on other investments, you know, that you've already done as well. Mm-hmm. But the passion, I see it, and I want us to be able to discuss a little bit about that. What prompted you to be able to create the company that you have, which is actually, you know, making a lot of news and we're very excited about, you know, like I see that it's actually been a solution to so many gaps, you know, uh, 
for people who actually need your services mm -hmm. and also the people who are providing the services. I see like it's a symbiotic type of relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, your company provides solutions, but also you are able to bridge the gap of unemployment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, thank Yeah, thanks. Um, that's a great question. Um, you know, and yes, like you mentioned, I love, I love, love, love um, doing anything that helps others, um, that impact others, that transforms their life. So my company is Elevate Cote d'Ivoire, and, and our aim is to give opportunities to underprivileged Africans or Ivorians, for that case, that where we're starting, starting in Cote d'Ivoire, the opportunity to pursue self-reliance and achieve prosperity um, in, in life in, in Cote d'Ivoire. We have about 40% of people that live uh, in poverty. Um, and, and, and we have an unemployment rate of you know, nearing 50%. Lots and lots of young people that are hungry, that are passionate, um, that want to work, but don't have the opportunity because the country or the system doesn't provide, doesn't create enough jobs for them to be able to do so. Um, so as, as I journey, you know, from, you know, Ivory Coast to China, to the United States, that's a problematic that was very, uh, very important to me. Cause I was one of those people. Uh, I was there, after, you know, post-war, no jobs, nothing to do, um, and no opportunities. And, you know, trying, like I said, the hustle, you know, selling on the streets and, you know, doing like, and was an English tutor for a while. Um, thank, thankful, thank, thankful for the opportunity to learn English and all that, those kind of things. Um, and when I, but when I left, my heart was still in Cote d'Ivoire thinking, well, I was able to, to, to leave, but millions of, of, of people just like me will not have that opportunity. So how can I give back and how can I give them the opportunities that I have while I'm here? Um, and then I came to, to creating employment, creating jobs, um, and why jobs? Because jobs, jobs are powerful. You know, I know there's a lot of talks about escaping a nine to five and all, but um, jobs are powerful in a way that it creates stability. Um, it creates stability, um, and with stable income, it, 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 it automatically helps people move to the to the middle class. And you know, when I think about middle class, I think about the people that have enough, have created enough stability in their life by by taking care of their basic needs, so they can aspire for more. Um, and that's that's my real fight and my real desire for jobs because when people are trapped in poverty, they can't afford food or they they don't have they don't have a stable place to to live or no no food no shelter, they constantly worry by those basics. And when you're constantly worried about that, you cannot fulfill your full potential. And then I mean, just so you're familiar right. with that, uh, we've well, we've been there. Um, right. It's hard to right. dream bigger when you're thinking constantly okay what am i going to eat next what am i going to eat next and with jobs we we, we eventually we essentially solve that problem now you have food now you have shelter now you have uh, health insurance and now you can think bigger you can think about your dreams you know i i bet you know perhaps the next albert einstein is somewhere in africa perhaps in zambia but if that person places where there's no opportunity for education there's no opportunity for job they may never realize that potential and that's what we try to do with with elevate cote d'ivoire we, we train those youth, uh, we train those people um, locally, uh, well, virtually, I can say, um, and then we, we match them with companies here that have the, have the needs for their skills. And so it's a win-win, um, like you mentioned. Uh, the, companies, the companies here are able to save on, on cost and labor cost as they can hire uh, folks uh, in, in Cote d'Ivoire that uh, can, can charge a, a bit less, um, but can offer the same quality quality of work. And the way we win, we win by creating jobs, 
Um, so by reducing the unemployment rate locally, but we also win by giving those youth the exposure and exposure they never would have had unless they travel or left the country. So, um, so um, that can um, um, push push them to new height um, and give them trainings that they wouldn't have had locally and all all that kind of thing. So we we aim to hire about thousand people virtually uh, in the next couple of years. It's a big goal, but we're super excited about it. And that will be the phase one of our of our of our mission. And then phase two will be more local investments over there to develop the economy and develop certain industries like agriculture and technology and all that kind of thing. Gotcha. Perfect. Hey, Stefan, I'm gonna pause right here and let me turn on the lights. It's getting darker here. <laughs> no, I mean I love I love how you know, even just from your words, uh Stefan, you're so passionate about you know, bridging the gap, you know, for those people and, uh, you know, also matching them with the right, you know, people that they can work with. But with that said, Stefan, I just also had another question as well, because you've been successful in business. Mm -hmm. You've been successful in, you know, in your career. You've been successful also navigating, you know, the academics that you're able to, you know, kind of just pursue and push through until you're able to, to get to a position where you are. But for me, I'm a strong believer that nothing happens in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I also wanted to find out just for our viewers out there and uh, even for me to get to know a little bit more. What are some of the things that you used in order to anchor yourself or motivate you to be in a position so that you started looking at these things differently? Did, was it the certain types of books that you read or was it the access to mentors that you know, really assisted you to show you how things are done. I would like to know a little bit about that because the best thing and the first thing that I would like to say is that the mindset has to change before the body mm -hmm. because when the mind is changed, the body follows. Mm -hmm. So can you share with us some of the things that, you know, you really use to be able to help you get to where you are today? Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great question. Um, I, in terms of principle, uh, I'll start with principle. There's still, you know, I'll again repeat the same concept of the why. Um, the why has driven me throughout, and then um, it's uh, it's what got me here. In terms of, you know, when it's when it's hard, I keep going back to that. Um, and I like to say that um, I was just thinking about, you know, the whole self-made concept recently. Um, and I, I like to say, you know, if, um, perhaps it's been used before, but I am a community-made man, community-made instead of self-made. Um, mm. And I, I'm the fruit of the help and and of, of many, many, starting from my mother, as you know, she's the one that I would say anchored me in, you know, the, the service of others and thinking about others and um, and building a living a life of purpose. Um, and, you know, the aunties, like we call them back home in Africa, all the aunties around you, they're like mothers to you. Um, and, you know, all those people that have gotten me through my journey, you know, going to, you know, many foreign places in Ghana, you know, learning, new, meeting new people in China. Um, I, throughout my journey, I, I thought people that were always there to help. Um, and, you know, I like the concept of mentors, but I, I see, um, I, I like to use it more of an informal way. 
uh, as in like, you know, Joseph, you are my mentor. Every time I go to your house and we talk about you know, all topics, you know, raise uh, and development of business, real estate, like I learned so much from you, so, so, so much from you. And, you know, I may not call you formally a mentor. Uh, I mean, I, I would like to think you are my mentor, um, but I, I think everything that I, every time I leave your house, I, I come uplifted, you know, with more love and more knowledge, more power, your recommendation for books and all. So to me, it's like, you know, in a, in a way you're a micro mentor and, and I take, and the knowledge I get from you, the knowledge I get from the people that I surround myself with, um, is, is what is built, has helped me build, build myself, um, and help me, um, you know, face it all the challenges ahead or think differently. So um, I may not, I, I I mean, I have, you know, I work, I have mentors and all that kind of thing, but I think I am more of a person that I like, can I learn from everybody? You know, mm. I like oh, to God. ask questions. Someone comes to me and they say, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a volcano scientist. Ooh, okay, that sounds interesting. I mean, I mm. see volcanoes on TV, but I don't know the science behind how they erupt. Can you tell me more? So right. that five minutes conversation, He's become a mentor to me in an area that I have no clue about that, you know, people may say, well, why do you care? Like, well, it's nature. It's beautiful. Knowledge is beautiful. Um, but I've been, I've been mentored within the five minutes um, or in language, uh, all those things. I think anyone that I practice a language with that I'm not good at has become a mentor to me. Maybe, I mean, I'll see them again, perhaps, you know, it's just like a conversation at the airport. Um, but that's, that's mm -hmm. like how I like to see mentorship in a way of you know we all 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 the people around you uh, can and have something to teach you and and then you have to take that advantage and, and leverage their knowledge to help you you know uh, be better or, or, or learn or, or be be more knowledgeable that is fantastic way of putting a, uh on how you view mentors i really love that because we are uh, we definitely soak up a lot from many different sources and those people, you know, they, they could be called mentors, as you mentioned, and I love that. Mm -hmm. Now, there is also another thought, you know, to bring up another point is that we mentioned about the things that you've achieved, you know, you have, uh, you know, you have, you have really done things. But one thing is that it's, I remember if it was Usain Bot who said it, I can't recall exactly. He said, I practiced, I practiced for years mm -hmm. to run a few seconds. <laughs> because for the most part, people see their highlights, even maybe when you get on social media, people will just see the best display of what they are able to see. They say, wow, Stefan is a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> Stefan has uh, properties or Stefan has this and that. But can you tell us that, you know, that what are some of the things that you've had to sacrifice in order for you to be where you are? Mm -hmm. In other words, simply said, to be able to showcase some of the things that you've achieved. Yeah, no, that, that's, a, that's a fantastic question. Um, I, I, I want to come back, I want to go back actually to the Usain Bolt uh, quote. I, I really, really, really like that. Because um, you know those those are very common comments that I hear, and you know now I'm gonna start referring that quote to explain that you know success is not achieved overnight. Um, right. And I you know I like my mom and like like my mom and I like to say we've come a long way, come a long way. So I may okay. be here 
you know, uh, let's say been here nine years or four years of education and then five years of um, um, of work and, you know, entrepreneurship and all. Um, but, you know, being able to build a successful real estate business, successful career, uh, re, you know, despite the limitation of visas and all and all that kind of thing. But, you know, it, it's, you know, back to the same question I get all the time. Oh, like entrepreneurship always seems so easy for you. But then I was like, well, you got to look at all the failures, <laughs> you know, selling ties, selling shoe polish, uh, you know, selling blenders on the street, like all these years of, you know, the grinding and, and, and working really hard. Um, I've, I've, I've sharpened my mind and I've given me the experiences that I, I've leveraged here. I felt like what I was lacking was opportunities. So when I landed here, I was like, oh my goodness. I remember calling my mom at the airport in DC saying, mom, we're never going to be poor. I made her that promise that day I uh, that. because I was like, I, my mind has already imagined all the things I can do. I would just need a chance. And then that chance was given to me when I landed here and I'm going to take advantage of every single opportunity. So China was perhaps the height of my training, uh, you know, survival training, you know, get to a new country, can't speak the language, you don't know anybody and then just figure it out. So, um, and then, you know, same with post-war Ivory Coast, you know, you come to a place, there's no resources, no opportunities, no job, and you got to figure out. So you have this combination. And I, I felt like, just like this in both, like those were years of training and preparation. So when I landed here, you know, coming from a place like, uh, you know, I was telling my old school where there are no computers. Um, and then I come to a college here and I'm studying information systems and computers are available everywhere. And I have free Wi-Fi. I'm like, how can I fail? <laughs> I survived the life of no computers and then I have all the opportunities. So it was like, yep, now I can go 100 miles an hour because I have all the opportunities now. But, it, you know, and in terms of what had to be sacrificed, obviously, is um, the time. You know, time is uh, our most precious resources. Yes, I, I, yeah, I could have had more time to party when I was at BYU. I could have more time um, to, to do a lot of entertaining stuff. Um, but I had a goal, I had a why, so I had to focus on those things. Um, and I, I was even related to time, the biggest sacrifice is time away from family. Um, being gone, like I said, 10 years and then went home, mm -hmm. thankfully, uh, this past April. And it was, it was a, uh, it was a amazing uh, moment. I was a bittersweet. And so like, it was sweet because I was so happy. I saw mm -hmm. everyone got better because I realized, wow. I was going right. the, the weddings I've missed, the the the, the birth I've missed, and all the things I've missed. But but looking back, I was like, well, I left for a greater goal, um, and I was able to accomplish it. And I'm I am I am proud of myself, and I'm grateful that I'll be able to do that. But you know, sometimes I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, it was a big sacrifice. But it it, it also it's a principle of life uh, to achieve great things. You have to be willing to sacrifice greatly as well. Um, nothing come easy and there's no there's no shortcut so i'm grateful for my blessings but but yes it, it had to come with a price um, this is always a price to a reward i'll say fantastic thank you so much for sharing um last thing stefan you enjoy reading as well <laughs> what are some of the books that you can share with uh, our viewers out there our listeners out there that you have used, you know, to be able to anchor you and to be able to help you, you know, kind of see things 
in a way that makes more sense and also adds more motivation in order for you to get to the finish line? Oh, that's a good question. Oof, I wish I had a, a good list prepared. Um, but uh, I, what I can think of right away is, um, so for Business Rich Shot Poor Dad, as a, it's a typical typical book there uh, for investors. Correct. I started my career, my career, my I just my journey in real estate. Um, I've been, uh, let's say, the the four hour work week. Uh, it was a, it's a really good one that I that I enjoy very much in terms of you know efficiency of time management and you know creating a business, start scaling a business, and all that kind of thing. Um, I've been very much uh, into you know. For those who are interested in economic development, Poor um, yes. Economics is a good is a book that I highly recommend. If you if you if you want to if you're curious about you know solving the problem of poverty or development across the world, I think Poor Economics is a great one. Um, I probably have more in, in my in my list there, um, but those are the things I can think of, and I'm happy to share I some. Love it. Uh, love, with you later. <laughs> love it. You actually shared Poor Economics, and I read it up. You know, I kind of like binged it, so to speak, because I couldn't put it down. It was so good. And, you know, it actually opened me up to actually even look at other economics books, you know, that really helped to see, you know, um, how the, we can bridge the gap, so to speak. You know, that's how I was able to learn about Jeffrey Sachs as well. Mm -hmm. you know, I actually picked up his book because you introduced me to to poor economics and then i actually then moved on to jeffrey Sachs, and i am learning a lot yeah. my friend it's been a complete pleasure to have you on this show i am so excited and i'm so very blessed and honored to have you on it's been fantastic and uh thank you so much and uh for the impact that you are you know you are actually exemplifying you know to say you know if i'm from the ground i need to reach the ground and also lift in anyone that I can. Mm -hmm. And you're doing so, my friend. I commend you, I salute you, and I'm very proud of you. And thank you again for your time, you know, in order for you to join us on Impact Over Image. And please, don't stop impacting. Continue <laughs> on the same path that you're doing and, you know, helping as many people as you can. Thank you for your time, Stefan. Thank you, it was my honor, and I, I hope to be back. <laughs> Yes, we are hoping to have you back because this was very, very informative and thank you. Thank you. <laughs>